Hello and welcome to Balcony Talks. I'm Margarida and today we have here Hugo Lourenço. Hello Hugo. Hello Margarida, how are you? All good and you? Doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for your invitation. Thank you for being here. Uh, so today, myself and Hugo will be talking about the Agile military and his CEO experience. But first of all, let me introduce you to Hugo. So Hugo has a diverse, very diverse background from the Portuguese Marines. He's also an electrical engineer, has three postgraduate degrees and a lot of Agile certifications from Scrum to Kanban to Scale to DevOps, uh, you name it. As uh, this is, well, our guests are people that are uh, very dynamic, who is also someone that is constantly driving for innovation and change. And um, this is one of his achievements. So he's a founder of su successful events and startups, such as, for example, the Agile Thinkers. Welcome, Ugu. I think this is all correct, right? Yes, you're correct. You did the homework. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yourself, so let's already deep dive into um, our conversation and the first um, brainstorm or question that we have for today is uh, an ask for you to share with us what is um, your unique journey especially uh, starting now linking your military experience with what does it have to do with agile well that's a funny story well in the beginning i was i I was already in the militaries without being recruited. Uh, basically, my family is also militaries, uh, a lot of militaries in the family. So I was already in the militaries uh, without even listing myself. So, but my experience was a, a little bit like the Agile boot camp, but uh, with more camouflage and fewer stand-up meetings, I believe. <laughs> Look, in the military, adaptability is key you are often faced with um, unexpected challenges yeah. and you have to pivot quickly. So I realized that this agility and there are many um, colleagues in the US and even in Portugal, but more in the US uh, because it's also a different model on how you get to, into the militaries. And there is a lot of people from the militaries in agile space. And I realized that can be the things we learn there can be applied to business as well. So in a way, militaries taught me uh, on how to command with intent. And in the corporate world, we still, while we're still being quite flexible enough um, so to do occasional office pranks, uh, the thing is in the, in, the, in the business, usually it's more about um, command and control. And they are really focused on that. So in the militaries, we learn how to deal with both scenarios. So for example, um, in Pentagon or at a high state of uh, command, it's mm -hmm. basically command and control. So the orders comes from the person with the highest rank in the room. Yeah. And you are not there to give opinions or what you think, nothing of that matters because you just look to the rank on the, sh what is the rank on the shoulders? And that's all the respect you need to have and you follow the orders. While in the operations, um, in, our, in the operations room, it's quite different. So there is a, what we call the commander intent. Mm -hmm. uh, the commander gives to us uh, in a briefings um, situation room. And after that, the team will uncover better ways and different ways and many other ways and possibilities 
and we exploit them for a long time. Um, we can spend more or less 70% of the time just planning and recreating several scenarios, options, alternatives, uh, fallback plans, and using the skills of the team. So one of the things is why we are very awareness of which one skills we have in, in, in the team um, and which skills we also need to develop uh, the mission. So yeah. one that, of the things that... That's more related to, to mission strategy comparing to the corporate world? Well, not exactly. So the strategy, usually people in operations, uh, what we support strategy is by saying if we have um, the resources, and the resources I don't talk about people, I talk about the materials that we need to have. Um, Machines. Exactly, uh, and to, uh, to to make this mission a success, and they build a strategy and around our needs to de to deliver the, the mission, what we need. So, we, do we need a, an airplane? Do we need a submarine? Do we need a one frigate and one submarine? Or we need, what do we need? So, um, orchestrating that's basically around the strategy and the tactics. Um, so all the other things that we do is basically how to deal with the with the mission uh, successfully with no man's cost or any other kind of uh, yeah, obstacle in the way or 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 uh, collateral damages that can happen. So one of the things here which is key is the human factors. The human factor is the secret ingredient. Mm -hmm. So. Coming humble, connect to others, listen, respect others' perspectives, continuously agree and disagree during the planning stage. So, as I said, we spend more or less 70% of our time planning and recreating these scenarios. So, agreeing and disagreeing is quite normal. And it's not a problem, basically, for us. So, we are not trying to uh, show us and try to see, I'm right, you're wrong. No, it's just giving more ideas to the context, what can go wrong or what can go right, what can be a good options or less good options. So, and during the planning stage, we agree and disagree many, many, many times until the point that when we we, we agree that it, now it, the time comes for us to execute mm -hmm. and when we, there is no more agree and disagree. If you're in, you're in. And now that's how we're going to do it for the good and for the bad. And for example- like a, a planning commit commitment? Yes, yes, that's our commitment, which you can also disagree and commit, right? You might say, well, I think we still have this option, but uh, if that's what we are, we aim to do, let's let's do it. So, which means if something goes wrong, nobody will come and say, well, I, I told you that, I told you, um, <laughs> you know, never hear me. So that's not what really happens. Um, and and this is this is crucial in the militaries, but today in business, it's also very crucial to do these kind of uh, techniques and the human factors. Um, so for example, even ourselves, when I try to start with a new team, first I need to, be, much before I start with a new team, um, and again, we are not talking about any project management or anything, it doesn't matter right now, um, mm -hmm. project service, product, because the first thing is, what is the intent? What are we trying to achieve here? Who are the people that can be part of this team? And in some cases, uh, someone will set up a team looking for the right people to do the right things. And even though sometimes we are not exactly sure, 
or we try to recruit them by asking them to volunteer and we explain them quite well um, what is the, this mission about. Okay, so in some scenarios we are looking for volunteers, uh, but we give the characteristics, so not everybody can apply. On other scenarios, we already know who we want. We just go after them to, you know, to to convince to them. them on board. Yeah. Exactly. So, and in companies, they aren't. They don't do that. So, project managers mostly this project is is already dead because this is not the right team. But someone tells them this is the you have other other scenarios is people multitasking between many many projects at the same time um, and that's also kills the, the the outcomes of the projects so there are a lot of similarities between militaries and and, and and agile the thing is in the militaries in a certain part of our life it's pretty much more agile in another part of our life well we are basically like a very classic, uh, old school, very industrial revolution organization. We, we also have that very easily. So we need to live yeah. with the tool and know which context, because the context defines the practices. So knowing in which context I am, I will define what I will need to do. So that's kind of uh, how my militaries influence my experience to Agile and why there are so many militaries, especially in the US. Um, working in, in, in the Agile space is because of the human factors and they really know how to team. So. Okay, so it's more of um, a team perspective rather than an ego-based individualistic perspective, otherwise the mission wouldn't be a success, right? Exactly, so that's one of the, the key ingredients that we have and in organizations um, that's not really easy to make that to happen. People trying to show uh, their value because perhaps they they were recently hired with a huge amount of benefits and perks and now they want to tell others how good that they are and the opposite might be the same thing. Some Someone new arrives and I want to show how good I am and so far I, I didn't have any opportunity so perhaps now I should show off a little bit more so this person can be more convinced about how I can be uh, a good, a resourceful and, and, and a good skill to, to help with something. So people spend a lot of energy and effort on those things um, instead of more, well, this team needs to, to exist to fix this and I will do my part of the, of the work, of the job to, to make things to move on. So usually that human factor is, is something that is quite hard. And today, uh, Margarida, also something that we have been seeing is Today, the freelancers and, you know, outsourcing freelancers, it's increasing a lot, mm -hmm. uh, which is even more difficult because in most of the cases, these people learn how to work by themselves alone um, yeah. and basically, basically oriented to a specific expertise in a silo uh, and working from home. So two challenges for the companies right now, it's become a little bit like this. So before we're going to give you a nice, you know, a nice perk, like a, a nice desk near a nice window with a nice view over the river, or we're going to give you a nice park where you can get your car. 
And today people might say, well, I don't need nothing of that because my home is pretty much more comfortable. So I rather to stay there than go to the to the that night nice office. So they don't that's not a valuable it's not what they value, yeah. Exactly. But at the same point, um, and I think that's what most of the HR departments, the culture we have been cultivating over the last decades, it was basically that, right? And today that doesn't work anymore. But there is a, something that is quite relevant, which is it's you cannot have a team. And when I say you cannot, it's really you cannot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. build new you products. You have a group of people, but they are not a team, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Took the words out of my mouth. They need to be together. They need to enjoy to work together. They need to take the challenges. And again, for a couple of things I have seen some fully remote teams they can do it they can become a team fully remoted and for a couple of scenarios i would say that would be possible to work but not for a company to succeed in their business or to become exponential building high revenues and other things um that's not basically how it works so you see today hr what they try as a benefit today it's not a benefit anymore Uh, so they are trying to bring them back to the office, but it's really, really hard because they don't see that as a benefit anymore. Uh, but at the same point, they should see a benefit working with other people all together. Now, here it comes the challenge. Every time I go to the office, it's more meetings, it's more bureaucracy, it's more processes. Just to get in the building, it's not easy. and More traffic. <laughs> traffic and, you know, so that will be something uh, that... On the other way, that some people already saying they have the answer and everybody have answers and some people even with an answer, they try to sell one more tool. I think that's something that we we as humans need to find how to have that balance and to work all together. I think there is not one good answer. Um, yeah, but or, it's a new paradigm for sure. It is. It is a new paradigm. But you mentioned the, the contractors or the service providers that are individual contributors. And this is interesting because um, I have the same opinion. So they can be part of a team, but they don't have that much skin in the game because usually they are specialists that come in and then come out and do other things on other companies. Um, this is something for your experience that doesn't happen, for example, in the military, right? They are always part of the team and part of that uh, sector or department or organization. Yeah, that's true. Look, in the military, when you have someone that is outside, it can be like a, perhaps a consultant. Mm-hmm. But even if you go into different contexts like mercenaries, uh, mercenaries, uh, they always bring their team as well. So you see, there is a, something that is... Yeah. Uh, that even mercenaries they know whenever they go they just go by themselves so they say if you want to hire me you need to hire my team so it's kind of uh, interesting that they will not work with the others they will work with the people they trust right and that's mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing of a team right and when you have uh, in a certain company 10 people from the same uh, provider or even from different providers in fact That doesn't matter. They are human beings. The thing is, can you make them a team? Can you move yeah. away from, oh, you know, um, the customer have a manager. I have my manager from the company that really hired me. 
and they you see it's so sometimes it's complicated for them so to who to which who to who should i answer yeah. um so and they become comp, uh, in kind of a situation and then sometimes they also sometimes it's not their fault they bec- they they will be part of a game of politics where someone will say well whatever happens you need to tell me and the other guy from the from the customer will say well but while you're here everything that happens you need to say to me and the people become so with so much fear they'll say well in fact when i try to do something the other blame me when i try to do the other the other blame me so it seems i'm not being myself i try to need to play with both so some people don't like that game like me for example so that kind of uh environments where you need to be dual so you never yourself because you need to oh with this person oh with that per- so you need to be authentic um that's not something that i really really enjoy to do so and i believe a lot of people are in that situation as well and that that decreases productivity that decreases all the human factors skills that you could have you go to the shelf and inside of that shelf you you be more quiet participate less just be polite and correct and that's it so yeah. you are not thriving right exactly so you can expect that pretty much from um people or or or, or someone that is doing a, a work that is not generating the new products new services that a, a company wants to sell to their customers right the reinventing the the products or, or the services that's not exactly the profile of people you're looking for right you're looking for creative people people that talks people that communicate people that assess are dynamic exactly. ideas yeah. today we don't feel inspired let's try to do other thing um, and then let's get back to this because this is our focus but um, you know several things that can be done most of the companies sometimes the way they do things um they don't help even when they change the and a lot of companies are doing huge efforts changing buildings modernizing the buildings modernizing the materials but that culture still remain there we yeah. don't know with who we can trust and things like that so in the military is the same it's exactly the same like in a company the thing is we have the choice to work more in a team If you are in the submarine, those 115 sailors, they are they must become a team. If you are in a frigate, you must become a team. Mm-hmm. Um if you are in the army, I'm sure not a platoon, but special forces, they they need to become a team as well. So they choose their pad ones um because they feel empathy and trust. And that's the first before you teach and even today so the parallel The parallel with with companies with organizations is before you teach them frameworks techniques and try to build over human factors see how are they when they are in stress see how yeah. they react when they are working together with other people that, that's a good point the one you mentioned about stress because when you are looking at uh, the platoons or the frigates or the military themselves so they need to work together as a team because of also survival right collateral damage can be uh, human lives mm-hmm. isn't it interesting while you look to the company so okay it's business it's a serious thing but it's not uh, human lives at risk sometimes uh, aviation or pharmaceuticals 
can have like a big impact, of course, if things are not well done. But in the majority of businesses, if we fail, it's not that big of a damage if we look things uh, like in the big lenses. Um, what do you have to say about that? So I think in the militaries, we do a lot of training, a lot of simulations, a lot of drills, right? For example, uh, a frigate gets out of the harbor and we simulate a fire. Mm -hmm. uh, Air Force does the same. They just take off and they just simulate, okay, the right engine is just on fire, what would you do? Where would you land? Where did you take this airplane right now? And we do the same. And sometimes it's not a fire, it's just uh, we got an attack, um, an air attack, what would you do? And what about if you have fire and an air attack at the same time? So we, we, we recreate simus scenarios for us to get adaptability. Mm -hmm. For me, it's quite, <laughs> for me, it's quite hard to talk to understand companies talking about agile. First, it's it's hard to change. So I don't blame anyone, of course. And it's not my role to go to customers and and say if they are right or they're wrong. They are what what they want to be, right? Our goal is how to tell them and how to teach them. But mm -hmm. the thing. When we try to create scenarios, everybody thinks it's a waste of time. Everybody likes and wants games. Oh, games, 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 games. Well, of course, we need to have fun and joy, but it's better to first become a professional and then have, have all the fun. Then, <laughs> exactly. Then trying to be fun all the time and you never become a good professional because every time something happens, you try to go to where the things you know and you try to pull others with you because you know, oh, this I know, so, but what you know might not be sufficient for us to continue. And when you talk about survivability, it's the same of a company. So running small companies, it's quite different than big companies, but to a certain point, everything becomes right to the basis, which is uh, no money, no jobs, no company. Mm -hmm. And where does it come the, the money? From customers. So uh, today, Everybody in many, many companies, they still arguing who is the customer or the internal customer, the external who pays the bills. Yeah. Right. Who who allow you to be here talking and using all these fancy and nice things. Is the final so, customer. <laughs> that is exactly. the only one. Yeah. Call the others requesters. They request time and work. Call them requesters, request time and work, but at least there is a difference so you can prioritize. And, and again, not saying that everything that the customer says, it will be the first priority. Um, but I think it's quite understandable that in many companies, the way they build processes is to serve themselves first. Mm -hmm. Oh, if that, we don't have much work to do. Oh, if you do like that, it's much easier. Oh, ask him again the same information. Oh, yes, we have, but let's ask him again. Why not? And 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 by doing all that, it's how they they they. It seems they don't like the customers because they repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat the same things over and over again. So they build the processes for themselves, right? And for example, in the military, is what we want. It's very easy. Whatever we do is for the safety of the human beings is to protect, to protect our land or to protect our ecosystem or to protect whatever. So the mission is quite easy to understand. The goal is quite easy to understand. 
in most of the companies that's not easy to understand um, and they don't practice as much as they should right they don't do simulations to understand so if our business now lose this area what happens now we lose this area and we lost these three customers what happens what should we be doing what's how the do impact? we know? exactly what's the impact how do we know if the ideas we have right now right here will fix something so many companies oh covid arrived and we send a thousand people with their new computers at home and we in two weeks everybody was home working from home with two thousand computers that was their statement once again they are looking inside they are looking, they are looking to their bellies mm-hmm. the goal is you know covid arrived and our dear customers never lost a day without having contact with us yeah if you want to know how we can tell you how but the why is much more important why because we need this operation to continue running because customers have questions customers also have doubts and because of them we were uh, adapting adapting and we were always here but no they tried to sell how good they were to give a laptop and put someone with a vpn working from home so yeah. which basically in some some companies even they call it innovation can you imagine <laughs> yes and have a allowance benefit to buy some stuff for for home for the home office uh, so it's something not rocket science Yes. For sure. Okay, Ugu, let's um, talk a little bit about your experience because this is something the audience asked specifically. Um, how is your experience as a founder and a CEO? And can you drill down a little bit of what are your achievements, what are your concerns, your day-to-day activities and uh, advice for people that have the, the same ambition? So my CEO journey has been... <laughs> A roller coaster ride, uh, just like any good amusement park. <laughs> so, achievements, well, let's just say I've turned a few Mission Impossible projects into Mission Accomplished ones. And I think that's the nice something that we need to be proud of. When someone say, oh, that's impossible to do, you take it and you make it possible. That's how the best products in the world are, are built when oh something yeah. that all this is impossible and you make it possible, right? So as for concerns, ever try to explain Agile to a room of, full of skeptics? <laughs> I, I have. <laughs> that, that's the mission <laughs> impossible. It's like trying to teach penguins to fly, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or chickens, them. or chickens to fly. Or chickens, but challenging them, but it's not impossible. Uh, but try to make that possible to, for them. So what I would advise to the future CEOs is be as adaptable as an octopus trying to play the piano. Okay, be, that's a good one. <laughs> be human, be agile, be vulnerable to a certain point. Uh, and, I, and I can develop a little bit more that. Um, and occasionally also be surprising. Okay. Can you can you explain that one? A lot of things I discovered that the CEO is it has some loneliness 
in, in, in that job. You cannot say anything, but, you, you, but you, be, you must be honest. You need to share with the team. You need to tell them the truth. And there are things that you cannot say what, the way your heart is telling you. Because if you say it that way, it can be really nice for many people but also be an alarm for, for others to say, well, perhaps this is time for me to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You need so, to put some filters. Yeah. So mm-hmm. once, when can you be a human being with no uh, filters or nothing that, you know, covers that doesn't show who you really are. So this mm-hmm. is why also showing some vulnerabilities, it's quite important. And human factors, again, is a key. All right. Choose to work. And, and a couple of the things that as a young CEO, um, and this I really strongly believe, whatever size the company is, only choose to work only with those that show evidence they believe in what you believe. Okay, They're, more a- action, actions more than words. Exactly. More attitude. And be careful, we need to agree in everything, right? We don't need to agree in everything. Uh, or if you don't listen to things you would like to listen. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the way they go there. We might disagree, but if everybody understands the way we disagree, it, it was it was intelligent, it was brilliant. It makes, it, it's not just because it does and again, it might not need to, to make sense right now, right? Yeah, and sometimes it's even healthy. Exactly, so it's quite the opposite. So, but you must be friends to work together. You must enjoy working together. You must socialize with those people, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes some people use, oh, we are a family. Well, again, it's not exactly a family, right? So, no, no, I, I strongly disagree with that one, the family statement at it, work. It's not a family at all, because and I don't have brothers or sisters, but I'm sure if um, you say something bad about my mom, I will not enjoy it. But if my sister or brother would say something not good about mom or dad, well, I will accept it differently for sure. Yeah. So, and, and again, so that's the thing. Uh, family is not here. But I understand when there are good bounds of relation, when people socialize, when people feel comfortable, when people don't need to have many filters to say the truth and, and, and be honest. So all those values that sometimes in the companies, it seems they exist, but well, not so fast. So I think that's what really makes the difference with, among many things. So better be a company with one person than a company that no one have the values to pursue the right vision, mission and purpose. Mm-hmm. Huge effort that will not compensate the effort. So a CEO, choose the people you like to work. If they fit, perfect. If they also want to fit, because also them, they need to do that. They're, they're part of the job. Yes, of course. L, let it go. Let it go. Better sooner than later. Um, and again, you don't need to hire someone to spend that his life inside of the company just to give permissions and accesses and block everything because someone might, you know, to take this intellectual property from you or this or that again just get out of there um, spend the time really focus on being creative adaptable um, 
a little bit of vulnerability and occasionally surprising with something that people not expect you'll be doing. Um, I think that's, that's key for, for many things that the CEO or aspiring CEOs would need to take um, mm-hmm. in their toolkit. On this surprising part, you mean something like people are expect not expecting a CEO to be doing, I don't know, some administrative uh, task? It's this or it's more you have a client meeting and you are preparing a deck, but you have a surprise they are not expecting you to bring. What do you mean by the surprise part? Um, so a CEO is a human being. And for example, one of the things I learned and someone said, well, you don't smile much. I said, well... <laughs> I don't have sometimes it seems I don't have many have many reasons but it's quite the opposite I have many reasons to smile um, what I think what I think it is um, the thing is we are too focused on the conversation and you take everything very serious because again you're, you're providing a service you're providing a work mm-hmm. so you're sure that um, there is some joy but also people understand that you are paying attention you're not talking with someone and you and, and with the phone on the other hand or other things that some people might do, multitasking with while they are in a meeting or seeing videos from other things. So it's basically be surprising is, for example, someone said, well, this, this is the presentation we're going to do to our customer. And you just say, well, why don't you do it together? Yeah, okay, or it's more... Leave it to the other person. Or when someone it makes a birthday instead of sending a cake and do a phone call just show up and invite to go out for for lunch yeah do a nice gesture well again it is a nice gesture mm-hmm. it needs to be something that you feel well with yourself and of course if you have a thousand people how you do that how you be i understand all those things but these are just examples you can do many many other things um Recently, I I just invited the family um, of one of the co-workers for dinner and to say, well, thank you for, because I'm here just to say thank you, because you have a, an amazing son. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. And it was a surprise for sure. <laughs> well, it is. But the thing is, and why did I do it? Well, I, 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 I think there were... I would like someone to do the same for my son. I think I would also like to be sure as a father or as a mother, we also have should have some feedback from someone saying something we did, it was good for the world as well. And yeah. in kids, it's quite difficult. I'm sure people always recognize the coworkers but they always forget where how hard it was for their families you know to build on top of that all that character uh, those those values those principles how hard it was for them so you can do both you can do both so yeah. that's the surprising part that you also need to be and again showing your vulnerabilities because sometimes we, it was not easy for us also to start businesses and difficulties and bureaucracy and challenges sometimes they are really really hard to make business to move on mm-hmm. and to grow especially it's quite difficult to after a certain point okay okay i think this is good advice <laughs> you mentioned also two things that is um being a ceo or a founder can also be sometimes lonely 
and you got the feedback of smiling more and I believe I got the same feedback from my executive coach. I believe this is because we have to represent a team and have a lot of concerns. So this links to the next question that is for management and leadership people. And, you know, we get so many feedbacks and ideas. We have a lot of frameworks to, to look at. Uh, we know a lot of methods, uh, people that are 360 uh, around us. They have they are very vocal um, we have a lot of things to learn. So with all this information, what would you say are the key messages that we need nowadays uh, to have in mind to drive? Wow. Well, <laughs> That's a difficult one. Well, uh, let's see if I can split in several segments that can help us here for the discussion and, and also for your amazing uh, followers of your podcast. So when it comes to management and leadership, I think like everything in life, not just management and leadership, it's about balance. But you don't need to be a different person. Some people say, oh, work life, you know, work, work life balance. Mm -hmm. It's integrated. It's the same person. You need the strategic thinking of like a, a chess grandmaster. You need the charisma, like a stand-up comedian, uh, <laughs> patience of a saint. But in today's world, you also need the agility of, you know, the cat chasing the laser point. They go around the walls and the doors. Always be ready to change direction at the moments you notice. And remember, even leaders can take a coffee break or go lunch. So just to be sure that it's a metaphorical one, of course. <laughs> so, so the thing is starting once again, instead of teaching them the frameworks and everything and compliance and bureaucracy, because again, the last 200 years and we are just a week that we end up um, the ninth edition of the World Agility Forum. And someone brought that into our attention, how companies organize and do budgets and structure themselves and how they create the many things that we have seen 200 years ago. And he shows images and he said, well, how are we doing right now? The same. The same. For right? the budget, I think it never changes. <laughs> so, and, and of course, when we say the same, or uh, we know that 10%, they are not, might be doing like that. And the other 10% would be really exactly like 200 years ago with not even a change perhaps they do it even by manually <laughs> so but the thing is most of the things are not changing like that right um so start training people in human factors i think that's the first thing you need to do because that will teach them leadership as well you don't need a leader you need you, everybody needs to be leader at all, all the levels you need leaders at every levels you need someone it doesn't matter who it can be the I don't know, the person that answers the phone calls at, the, at your company, if she or he doesn't see the right behavior, she must stop that behavior. It doesn't matter who that person is. Instead of getting a customer and starting saying no, because the process doesn't let me do it, let's try to start with the, I will try to change the process if that fits your purpose and it's exactly what we need to do. That's the thing, right? Yeah. So train people in human factors, then use complex adaptive systems framework. So when you use the, adapted, the complex adaptive systems framework, what you're doing is you are evaluating your constraints. Constraints mm -hmm. will define your context. A higher level of constraints 
it means you're going to use best practices. It means you you cannot you cannot choose what it, what you want to do or what you want to say. Nobody will expect you to be creative or to think. It's true, right? In a, in a little bit less constrained environment, um, you can be an expert, and we give you the tools to be a good expert. But more than that, it's it's above your payroll. So you, it's not for you to take decisions or to change, right? You can make recommendations, but you'll not be able to change things like that. So if you understand the constraints and the constraints will define your context, then you can choose the practices. You can choose the frameworks. You can choose the methods that are available, right? Yes, so you can even create your own, if it makes sense. Look, I don't think what brought us here, it, it, it's everything is bad. I think yeah. what is bad is how we treat ourselves make when you, you when you go to some companies and people don't use their brain to think they don't exercise their brain to make things better that's the bad thing you're doing that's... I even think you, you've mentioned sometimes above our pay grade it's only a recommendation because you cannot change but I think every everyone as you mentioned can be a leader or at least a change maker so if it's not we cannot change everything around us but there are, is always a little uh, scope that we can change or influence change and i think that should be the um, the mindset and uh, availability of uh, everyone's capability that we should um, invest on agree agree look and it's funny when people say well i cannot change my your oracle superior to change well sometimes you see people in some organizations they are really pissed off with the organization yeah and they start with a different attitude they arrive at at nine they don't talk much they live on time they don't care so wait a minute so you said you cannot change because but you're changing your attitude you're changing your behavior yes and they change a lot that's changed everything mm-hmm. right you're closing for you're shutting the door yeah, not just, don't just think the opposite smile more talk more share more say well in fact you know what i don't need a computer i can use your computer and you can use my computer we can use one computer for everybody so that's true transparency and honesty and at least nobody will do mistakes Because every time I open the file, you say I damaged the file. Every time you open the file, you did say it didn't open. Everybody's with the file damage. So let's agree we use one computer, we all call together. Yeah, and right? make some positive changes. So what I just... Little by little. But you know, Margarita, what I just said for many people, they will say I'm completely wrong. And now <laughs> the, 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 the work per hour will cost the salary of those six people for the same thing. So what you need to deliver costs six times more and and so on and so on and so on. And what about if I tell you they, they will do much less mistakes? And what about if I tell you they'll become more creative? And what about if I tell you they will become a team? And what about if I tell you the next time something happens to your company? Yeah. Lose a customer, another pandemic or whatever, Or legal, legal got two fires and they almost went to bankruptcy a couple of times. Yeah. How you build that resilience? Because you cannot just 
start shouting on people and says, let's let's go, let's go, let's go. We need to do something so because we can we can all go to bankruptcy. We need to do something, or I will fire all. You see, firing people go. You see that. Nothing. Sometimes it's easy, easier than create like uh, the freedom to have a sandbox and pilot some changes. Yeah. And change takes time. So. Just imagine, look, there are so many things that can happen today. Uh, we have five shareholders or venture capital. They just decide, well, we are not being so profitable as we wish. So they are going to drop us off. They are going to sell us to whatever who buys us. Well, they just, just don't care. Uh, the new owner is someone that is going just to slice this company and most of us will go somewhere else. How you deal with all that? How you deal with all that? So how you create an environment that will say, no, no, we cannot release these people because they think they, they know how to work together. Right. Um, that's the that's what we are trying to, to build here today, keeping the teams stable. But they can move into different contexts with different approaches. So don't say this is the only approach. This is the... and as you said, many techniques sometimes you don't need an approach. What you need are specific techniques. You can you can take a, a couple of techniques from project management. You can take a couple of techniques of business analysis. You can take a couple of techniques from um, Scrum, XP, Kanban, and you can put it all together, and you can have a, a tremendous success. And when people ask what it made the success, there is no other answer than the people. Nobody yeah. will talk about the right? process. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think share with all the information in the team need to give proofs, their knowledge that information. They need to win the trust to make what needs to be done. That's the leadership. That's the honesty. That's the transparency. You don't need a tool to show transparency. You don't need something. You grab the phone and tell the other what you're doing and ask him what he's doing and try to share with each other and be sure whatever you're doing, it brings that value that everybody was waiting. And if you don't know exactly, ask before you start doing it. Yeah. So, so ask yourself, can you trust the team? Can you trust your team? With Usually in the military, they have a saying that says, can I trust you with my money, my life and my wife? And well, if they say yes, the team is cohesive. <laughs> well, even if they, someone says yes, he might say, no, I don't believe. Or you can adapt, you can do a, just an adaption of this saying, saying, um, can you, can I trust you with my money, my life and my Wi-Fi? <laughs> That's the new today, the new <laughs> version. The new one. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's the, the most important thing. Today, I, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to work with people that really care for me and I really care for them. Yeah. Uh, they come from several places in the world, United States, the UK, Germany, uh, Switzerland, uh, Africa. They come every year, for example, to the conference and help and, and, and they don't even talk, but they just come and, and stay there to support. Support, mm -hmm. and that's already amazing. One or twice a year, they come to Portugal just for us to hang out for a weekend or something like that. I go to their countries once a year also to spend a weekend with them and families and we can have a nice dinner and think differently, enjoy other cultures. So just having those connections, those relationships, 
I think that's the most important because wherever you go, you're never alone because you cannot yes. do this alone. Okay, so you would say again for this um, key advice for management and leadership, it's again the human factors and the people um, over all the frameworks, processes, uh, principles, etc. that we can blindly follow that would not be the, um, the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In some organizations, um, the senior managers, before they hire someone, they work with those potential new people. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the final, and that's how they get in the company. If they feel empathy, they More enjoy Chemistry, people. right? Over yeah. expertise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and sometimes even with that, they fail. They say, well, you're not the right person to work with us because mm -hmm. you got together. But, but at least there will be more acquaintance what is going on and who are these people. Because another thing is, sometimes we hire people to fit the position. Yeah. But the person only thinks on the position. You need to bring someone to the room that say, why do we exist in one sentence? In one... Yeah, in like a, a, the, the, the whole vision of the company. Yeah. What do they have to add, right? Exactly, exactly, Margarita. Before, otherwise, it, it splits. It splits, which means someone, that, someone in the company is... And, and by the way, this also happens with the militaries. I can go, I can go there as well. Uh, but in the company, someone is going after a vision, while others, well, I'm here just because I'm doing what they told me to do. And that's not the same thing, unfortunately, right? That's not the same thing. And, and, and in the military, it's basically is the same. When you have a clear vision, when you have a clear goal, when you know what it is, um, and I can give you my, when I joined the militaries, I really believe I was helping others to have a better life. Yeah, it's a calling. It's not only a job. Exactly. My commitment, it was community. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can get killed, I can get shot, I can... So everything, we have everything to go wrong. There is nothing there to go right. Everything is to go wrong. Everything. Yeah. I, we be called just to say, hi, how is everybody? Let's do a think tank, don't do nothing, send me emails, make a PowerPoint. We've never been called for anything like that. Never. Yeah. I never. <laughs> right? Um, it was always about your observation skills. What are you seeing? If this is a scenario, what would you do? Mm -hmm. And that's more situational. Exactly, the situational awareness, right? So important in yeah. human fact. Um, yeah. So in companies, it should be the same. Someone needs to tell you why we exist. What are we trying to achieve? And where are we right now? Because if you are growing 10% a year, well, you're not going anywhere because basically that's linear. And you might... And, and it's not mission-oriented, so it's just uh, money, money, money. <laughs> Which is part of the game. You just need yeah. to reverse the order, but it's part of the game. But you reverse order, and it seems today things will make much more sense than, than before. Right? Yeah, I think of course it's it's important and part of the game and the business need to, to exist and money it's important, but it's not a mission, a purpose 
um, calling and that's also important for the workforce to keep going with the same stamina or even more. Yeah, you know when I see, you know, LinkedIn today, it's full of so many good and bad things. Uh, but you pursue with the ones you want, of course. The ones you don't want is very easy. Just uh, unfollow or just remove that from your from your eyes. Um, but you know, when you see a couple of things, when some organizations is becoming really successful, mm-hmm. is when you don't understand who is running this company. And why, right? Yeah. That's when you see something here is different than from all the others that I've seen so far. Because all of them are good. All of them talk like if they are the owners. All of them, they don't use titles. They just show and do whatever needs to be done. And they just write the article. They can do a blog. They, they can do, they, they are doing their part to make the mission to, to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you from the outside, you don't know who is running the company. It can be anyone. With who should I talk? And sometimes you don't know. Or you know, it doesn't matter with who I talk because I know they will talk together about whatever I'm bringing to them. And they have the, the same message and, and can help out regardless of what is the position. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's when you know they haven't split, right? Yeah. They split when they have different messages. For one, he thinks they, his company is about doing this, and the other is more about doing that, and the other is quite confused, so he says, well, it's about everything and nothing. He doesn't even care today. While others, they, they have the same, the same, the common values is there. They have the common understanding what we should be doing on the purpose of something to happen. And I think that's the beauty when you really appreciate and enjoy working not with four or five people, but with the people that really, you know, believe in the same thing you believe, but more than that, you want to be friends, you want to argue, yeah. you want to perspectives, different perspectives, you have different interests, and, you know, and you're growing. Some people have, some people have the company with 25 years old, others with 30, others with 50, others with 60, but they, they already live a lot for their, from their perspective, they already have different experiences, but now they want to bring it all and but one of the things and that's my commitment with some of my best friends we can argue we can discuss we can do everything but we always be friends yeah and, and that's uh, important even for friends in this kind of groups uh, even with, between clients and uh, vendors sometimes to create that empathy to exchange point of views even they are not the same or aligned I think it's very healthy Agree. I agree with you. I could not agree more than that. Okay, Ugo, let's um, deep dive on another question that we have here. That is, what's next for Agile? So we have reached so many things right now. Uh, Agile exists for about more more than 20 years now. A lot of flavors, a lot of experiences. What, uh, in your opinion, lies ahead um, for Agile and for changing organizations? Uh, did Agile already start it? Well, supposedly yes. <laughs> For well, some people, not again, yet. It seems there are not. Unfortunately, it seems there are a lot, a lot of companies. In and when I say a lot, I, I cannot quantify exactly how much. But a lot of companies using some of these emergent or some of them are not emergent practices. Um, mm-hmm. 
good practices. They are not even emergent practices. Um, but even though, um, well, the picture is this. Imagine a world where organizations move as smoothly as well oil machine. Except All of them. <laughs> All of them. But except okay. these machines are capable of break breakdancing. Right? Yes. We are talking about Agile. Agile on ice here. Right? So Yeah, we are <laughs> we are far far away <laughs> still, right? I believe we'll 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 see even greater integration of agile principles across the industries. Okay. Um, it's, it's a bit of like making pizza. Uh, you can never have too much cheese, right? And agile is the extra cheese that <laughs> better. Imagine to have, yeah, yeah. Agile is one piece of the puzzle. So it's not because, so you know, automated tests, you, you start with failure, right? If you say <laughs> one, if, if one is different than one, then it's correct because uh because it's wrong because that's what you try to pr to prove right one that's is one, yeah. So. yeah and, and and i think here um agile at the natural stage it doesn't work because again our our teachers my son's teacher uh therefore all of us were teach by the industrial revolution principles it's 200 years inside of our brains our fathers teaches that us to a certain point we teach that yeah so it's not easy to, to agile holistically it's much more easy to use the practices but not the principles many companies i go they say oh please know more about agile mindset we already know everything about that we already know the words we already have everything and i said okay so what is the level principle of the agile manifesto nobody knows my God, so how do you know you're taking the right decisions on the behalf of your growth, your exponential growth of your organization? Because the Agile Manifesto is essentially a way for you when you're going to take strategic decisions about your company, look to the manifesto and see if you're following them. Of course, you can justify the way you want, but there will be a point that the customers will start punishing you and they will tell you, you can you can do whatever you want, but you're not getting there, right? And, and yeah. you can see, and you can see how, for example, a company that really does um, value when they talk about value, they really know what when, what they're talking about value. And, and, and usually, I give the Apple as an example because it's a little bit more easy for everybody to understand. But when you when you see that Apple announces the new iPhone. If their stocks go up, people love it. The feedback on, on social media is great. Um, everybody's saying this is a great product for us to buy. And you see their stock options going up. Yeah. When it's not good enough, it goes down. And now here's the funny thing. It doesn't care about how the market is at that time. And we have seen that. Mm -hmm. The market was going down and Apple launched a new product and they go up. They grow. It doesn't matter if the market was coming down. Yes. So, so now they understand those three, four, six thousand employees, they know whatever they do, it it's related to 
customer value. Yeah. Our product is good, we go up. Our product is not so good, we might kind of less or might we go down. Most of the companies talk about customer value, business value, whatever they release or don't release, it doesn't matter. It's always about the market. Where are you compared to the other players of the same market? And that's it. Nobody's waiting for the great product, the great thing that seems to make, you know? Um, So I think what we are doing with Agile is defending the consumers and jobs that need to be creative in order to deliver processes that sustain great products and services without consuming time from the consumers. And it seems, especially in Portugal, it seems it's a, um, a frequent, a frequent, very frequent way of thinking is whatever we do, we'll take the most time we can from the consumer, or we try to avoid to talk with the consumer. Let's put a, a bot that doesn't even work properly. Let's put a bot. Let's charge them more if they try to call us. Let's try to, so you see, it, it's not, a, Agile is not for that. And, and, and some of those companies, they even say, oh, but we use Agile. We are even scaling Agile across the company. Oh my God, that's what I would say. Oh my God, right? Right? That's well, true. So Agile and artificial intelligence um, are very um, excuses, I would say nowadays, to be less um, market-centered and customer-centric and more um, centered on well, I don't know, inside the company, having the processes being more efficient, etc. Yes, but not uh, adding any value. Definitely. Look, business schools, they teach about efficiency all the time. Everybody wants a nice Excel with efficiency. Everybody wants to learn something that, because, you know, look, more than 80% of the apps, processes, tools, you name it, they come from low performer companies. They deliver their goal of delivery is more to satisfy their own egos, their own needs, their own processes and structures to make everything to work. Oh, if we have this department, we need to be inclusive. This department also need to take decisions. So let's increase the decision-making process. Let's delay the decision-making process to the customer, right? Yeah. So in fact, they are making, instead of making our lives or our lifestyle better, safer, easier, less stressful and painful, it's the opposite, right? So, you know, in the companies, we give a bonus for those that can make a, a, a nice compliance process kill a customer, so his boss have a bonus even bigger. While in the militaries, well, we give a medal to those that give their lives so others can have a life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Life, right? So, and that's sometimes, and this is what this podcast is about. Again, I'm not saying one is the better than the other. We face the same challenges today, right? Even the militaries are becoming more political, more political. Everything is about money, 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 money. It seems you are losing the intent. Mm-hmm. We, are, we, are, we are fighting for, for budget. We are fighting to make things to happen. It seems people don't understand what is the real intent behind the scenes. In companies, it's again the same. We are, we are fighting for the budget. We are fighting to have more people. We are fighting to have more better resources. We are fighting fighting for many things. And then we say all of this is it's, it's for the good cause, for the good purpose of having a customer. Well, let me tell you one thing. It's not. Unfortunately, it's not. And until European Union, until um, the Secretary of the of Defense for the for the consumer for the consumers um, 
start paying attention to Agile, um, I think the others will only use the practices. But not the principles. Exactly. And we keep paying for bugs and databases that run bugs and, you know, and, 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 and that will be, and year after year, it will be the same, basically. We develop something new and we also develop the same amount of work with bugs and problems and issues and whatever, whatever. So I really wish, so I, I think Agile is a beautiful word, word because it should give, you, should give us balance. And that's how we started today. So mm-hmm. it's about balance. About balance, yeah. I think Agile should bring that balance. AI will will make a lot of things without becoming a little bit more agile, bring a little bit more balanced. And I think Agile, it comes to stay, AI as well, and machine learning as well, but all of them have the same intent. Build better products and services so we can help people to live longer, so we can, so we can be more adaptive when the next pandemic or the next thing it comes or if even with the with the with the environment sustainability those are the things we need this for yeah. we only have this world we only have this life so all of us will try to make the best to get out of here you know with good experiences companies need to make money and it seems governments just squeeze us with taxes and more taxes and more taxes that lead us to do something that goes against what we want to give to the customers, which is a really good experience. Um, the environment, it's creating crazy things. So I really believe and I really defend her, agile, no agile. But the thing is how human factors will make these people to start saying no to the bad things, no to things that are not good to send to others. How employees start saying, no, I will not do this to customers, I refuse because this is a wrong idea, and this is how we should do it, because I talk to customers every day, so I can tell you what they're really looking for, and we don't need to be shamed in front of customers because what we're giving them, it's really a bad service, a bad product, something bad. And of course, with that, you generate so much waste that once, once again, the world will pay for that in somehow, in some way. So I think we still have a lot to do, Margarita. And I think you, 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 you are one of the persons that I know that they've been doing a lot to make companies and, and the teams and the employees as much as you can to be sustainable and balanced and, and find a way for us to do better with less, but more happier as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying also with the podcast to create some awareness around this um, and I think that's really the point too so we need to change um, first of course change come from people and then organizations and then hopefully uh, a society but it's a, a hard and long-term paradigm that we need to break um, to evolve but I think we are on the right path um, I would now would ask you if you could share with us your um, reading suggestions or if you have books, articles, podcasts, what do you have for us today? Ah, well, uh, that's incredible, a great question because, you know, one of my hobbies is um, even the some of the speakers that come to the conference, um, they offer me books, uh, autographed books, but mo- a lot of them, um, it's because... I, on my courses, in my life, in many things, 
I use those these books to you know to show evidences on based on some research uh, that mm -hmm. comes with a lot of books. Um, and so a lot of them send me books from I got books from all over the world. Um, or people say, hey, please read my book and say something about what you think about and how agile and other things will connect with this. So if you may, if I may, with the time we have, um, one of the books that will be more about, um, perhaps more for, well, for humans, <laughs> we call mm -hmm. it clean language, clean language, revealing metaphors and opening minds from Wendy Sullivan and Judy Reese. Um, another book, perhaps a little bit more technical, it would be the book of Tame Flow. It's a theory of constraints applied to knowledge work management. It's from Steve Tenden um, and is also a very good book that it, it has good images, it has good examples. I definitely, I, I really recommend this book as well. The book of Tame Flow. Uh, from Okay. And this one another, is, is more technical, you mean? It's a little bit more technical because it also talks about uh, theory of constraints, it talks about flow, uh, maximize business value and knowledgeable work. Because when you do knowledgeable okay. work, you know, it, you cannot say, well, can this be done by Thursday? It's not how it starts, right? It's knowledgeable work. You might need to think, you might need to research, you might need to study, you might need to talk with other people. So it's not something that you can start estimating and giving points and whatever, 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 um, because yeah. it's how it works. So it might be a little bit more technical, okay? Um, and also brings things from project management like a critical chain plan or the critical chain buffer or the critical, critical path methods. Um, I think it's great until you put the right people to do the right things because everything can change when you when they start doing it right so it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting book that's talk about flow and the other one it could be sooner safer and happier from jonathan smart um and this is also good anti-patterns and patterns for business agility so sooner safer safer and happier okay cool yeah one of, you, one of the things they say is, and usually they say, um, the word deadline is an appropriate metaphor for complex. <laughs> it's inappropriate or appropriate? Inappropriate. Okay. Okay. So they explain what um, deadline, deadline means. They explain what milestones is a suboptimal mental to construct a unique, a unique or change in a rapidly changing terrain. They explain a lot of things uh, on anti-patterns, what people it's consider um, the only way. They will talk about false dichotomies. They will talk about clear, uh, complicated, complex, and chaotic or confusion domains. Many, many things they will talk at the anti-patterns. Anti-patterns is the, if I'm not wrong, is the um, chapter four. Mm -hmm and it has a lot of great things for us to, to also to, to understand and by the way also a lot of um, images and I always like images because in my training one of the things I try to do is I use my iPad to give visibility about what I'm explaining what I'm teaching what I'm talking so I think this book also have good images that you can take ideas about what they are trying to explain to you while you're reading it yeah in a more visual way it's easier to understand mm -hmm. and connect the dots okay thank you three suggestions i think they are quite interesting i will try to get, grab them all the links um then to have it on the show notes and 
for today, Portuguese word or, or phrase, what is that, are you going to teach us today? Oh, so that that that's something that I it took me a little bit to <laughs> to think about good things. But I I choose a a word that is uniquely Portuguese term that roughly translates right, uh, but it will tell you about also a little bit our culture, the Portuguese, and there are a lot of Portuguese around the world, uh, a lot of communities out there, and I think. For them, this word applies exactly to them. And it's the ability for them to improvise and find solutions in difficult situations. I think this word that I'm going to tell you, it reflects a practical and adaptable approach of problem solving, which mm -hmm. can be a skill for CEOs or anyone in a company, right? So I think the word that we want to teach our listeners today is Desenrascanço. <laughs> okay, desenrascanço. Yes, that's okay. going to be a hard one for them to learn. <laughs> well, but now they know when they come here, we are not sloppy. We are not, no, we are desenrascanço. Yes, right? and it works. The situation arrives, we help. How we help? With desenrascanço. So this will show, well, the translation is um, something like resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. And I think a good translation for Zerreshkans is someone that becomes a resourcefulness. Um, and I think this word also serves as a reminder to our audience that effective leadership often involves thinking on your feet and finding creative solutions when faced with unexpected obstacles. So yeah. it's a valuable skill to corporate world and also in the military context. So I hope yes, it helps. It also links to situational awareness. We need to have a lot of that. And I think the Portuguese are quite good with that. They are, they are. And I think that's why some some other people will are, are so happy when they come to Portugal to see the way we, we, we take care of, of them mm -hmm. uh, and how we do everything to help. We can't yeah. say no, but sometimes it's not about the yes or no. It's about seeing that smile, that joy on others that make us so happy. We, we feel happy by helping others as well. So, and I think that also relates with the Agile Manifesto when we says we are recovering better ways of doing whatever it is by doing and helping others to do it. And I think our culture, and I was one of, and I was military, so I also kissed the flag. And I think that's our, our oath is by helping and doing others to do it as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, thank you, Hugo. It was a very nice um, talk with you today. Uh, do you have any last words that you want to share with the audience? My last words today, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, only for the podcast. <laughs> so before I conclude, I'd like first to take a moment to thank you, wonderful host, uh, Margarita Silva, for orchestrating this engaging conversation and make it all happen. Um, and you. your dedication to bringing thought-provoking discussions to the audience is truly commendable. Thank you so much. <laughs> your, your skills in hosting, your facilitation skills, these discussions are what make Balcony Talks a fantastic platform for knowledge sharing as well. Once again, I want to thank you and all your followers and your, this audience for your hard work and dedication in bringing such valuable content to all of you. And once again, 
thank you for the invitation and more than happy to provide more things that you or someone else need books tools whatever some of them are really cool and they are for free by the way so good, good, good. <laughs> please i'm really excited to do whatever it needs to to help and support your community or any other communities so just thank you thank you so much it was great to have you here and of course people sometimes have questions or want to deep dive the conversation or ask for specific guidance and they can do so um, between me and you we can ask of course you can reach out on the usual platforms and also ask for feedbacks provide ideas sometimes uh, people have more ideas for other talks maybe we can do a talk even uh, with more guests so the two of us and more guests if you want to have like a roundtable discussion or something and um, we can close up now thank you Hugo, again it was amazing and see you on the next episode you're amazing bye. thank you so much thank you bye bye